Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the Just Capital seal. Bank of America is ranked number one for ongoing commitment to their workers with initiatives like Sharing Success, which awarded 97% of their teammates additional compensation, nearly all in stock. This is the program's seventh consecutive year, awarding more than $4.8 billion in total. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Hello, everybody. It's Bill F. It's Wendy Snyder. It's the Bill and Wendy Show, episode 87, uh, special election coverage. Wendy, are you declaring a winner in today's election? No, but I have to tell you, I am so unbelievably stressed right now. I can. I, I, from what? From watching Maury. <laughs> I'm watching Maury. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. We were recording a little later today and I was killing some time before you were ready. And I had to find out if this guy was the father of this baby. And I was freaking out. See, I thought because it was election day, Maury would do a very special Maury show where it was presidential candidates who may or may not be the father <laughs> to your children. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas Eagleton, you are the father. I thought that was going to happen today, but no. Who's Thomas Eagleton? <laughs> he ran for president a thousand years ago. Oh. And I kept thinking, now keep in mind, I was like 11 when he ran for president. And in my head, I'm like, yeah, Eagleton, because an eagle is the symbol of the country. I bet he'll run with that in his ads. Nope, no mention of it whatsoever. <laughs> I've never heard of this man. Oh, yeah, yeah. Are you yep. confusing him with Thomas Jefferson? Yes, Thomas Jefferson. What did I say? <laughs> no, it's those are two different guys. No, uh, Eagleton was, oh, I'm trying to think of who he would have been uh, displaced by as the pre- – he didn't end up being the candidate, but I remember him in debates and stuff. He's just one of many guys and a few women who were up for the presidency and then – like that scene in You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown, where their heads just pop like bubbles. Remember that scene where yes. you saw a bunch of you know, one by one? That's how those candidates go away. Did Michael Winslow just pop by? <laughs> Literally. <laughs> yes, uh, he did. Thomas Francis Eagleton was a United States senator from Missouri. Serving from 1968 to 87, he was briefly the Democratic vice presidential nominee under George McGovern in 1972. But he he got the vice presidential nominee, but he he also ran for president unsuccessfully, obviously, because nobody knows who he is. But my guess, Wendy, is we are one. You know, there's thousands and thousands of podcasts out there. I imagine we're the only one covering Thomas Eagleton today. I bet you're right. Gee, I like yeah. to be original. So, yay. Yeah. Yay yeah. us. Yep. Take that, Sean Hayes. <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> he, who's Sean Hayes? He, he uh, from Will and Grace. He does a podcast with oh. Jason Bateman. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're whipping. But they're, they're not talking Eagleton. No, they're not. But you're whipping out all these names that I am unfamiliar with. <laughs> That's my job. I guess. That's what I do for a living now. So uh, stressful, to say the least, because today can end up in one of any a thousand different ways. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. I mean, I know it's down to just two guys being president. I'm starting to think that Kanye doesn't stand the chance that I thought he had all along. (laughs) I'm starting to think it's just going to be either Biden or Trump. But uh, besides that, 
really anything can happen. This is the literally anything can happen day. Yeah, so day drinking's acceptable, correct? Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Let me open up a beer rad that way. I need something stronger than that. Wendy, I have just sent you a case of Meisterbrow. It should be arriving shortly. <laughs> what, what presidential candidate, what year was he, Meisterbrow? Meisterbrow? He was, uh, he was up for the chancellorship of Germany. <laughs> hey, before we get back to election coverage, I want to ask you how trick-or-treating went, because that's where we left things. Um, yeah. Did you give candy away? Did you um, have a candy shoot? Oh, go on. Um, did you have a lot of trick-or-treaters? Just a lot of questions here. No, I was told by uh, my wife that we would not be participating, and most of our block also did not participate. I did see the, the... Is it the piping that you described with the candy shoots? I saw that. Oh, the PVC stuff, yeah. Yeah, the PVCs. I saw that at a couple of houses. Ingenious, great rigs. Um, but we, I was told, would not be participating. You know, this is very weird because um, you were told by your wife that you're not going to participate. Um, yeah. I, being the wife, told Jim we're not participating, but Jim wanted to. He said, I feel bad, man. We got the PVC. I said, I'm not hooking it up. I'm not putting scary black burlap over it. So I made a sign, and I put it on our door, and it had I, – I will post it on our Facebook page, Bill Leff and Wendy Snyder. It's a pumpkin with a mask that says Halloween 2020. And then I put some bats, and I just wrote, Happy Halloween. We'll see you next year. Oh, that's – I think that says it all, right? I, I got that idea from my neighbor, Erica, because we were going back and forth as to whether or not we should distribute candy. And I just – I had – I just had reservations. I didn't want kids picking through a bowl and all sticking their hands in there. I didn't want to sit out there and babysit. Um, I don't think you were allowed to do just a bowl on a, like on a table, right? Didn't they say point blank that wasn't allowed? Yeah, but I think a lot of people did that. Or, they did it anyway? Yeah, right. or they would just set up a card table and have the candy like kind of spread out so they could just grab it. But I didn't yeah. want to sit there and, you know... It's like a pollster. I'd be volunteering to sit out there for four <laughs> hours in our village. So uh -huh. I put the sign up. I did notice the nicer neighbors actually were out there with tables and various shoots. But I'm sorry, I didn't participate. Do you feel badly or yes, not? Yes, I do. I really do. do. It's Halloween, for God's sakes, you know. And in a year filled with so much disappointment and so much uncertainty... And so much, and so many unprecedented times. And yes, I'm reading from a Subaru script, Wendy. You can tell. <laughs> uh, kids have so little to look forward to. Currently, don't take away Halloween. I understand that, but think about the aftermath if kids did somehow get the virus because of Halloween. You know, that would be horrible. I was more worried about us getting the virus because kids can carry it and not really display a lot of symptoms. And I right. just. You know, what What it came down to is I said to Jim, okay, Michael and Dylan are babies again. They're toddlers. Do we take them trick-or-treating? And he said, you know what? I might have gone maybe to a neighbor's house or just up and down our block and come home and bought them their own candy bag. But I certainly wouldn't have taken them all over the place. So I was kind of surprised that there were quite a few kids out there trick-or-treating. 
We had, um, I, I worked up in my office with the drapes open and I could see kids going up and down the street. And if we were open for business, we would have had between 30 and 40 kids, I would say throughout the day, you know, because yeah. ours was a three hour, um, a three hour tour, as we say in the TV business. <laughs> and, uh, I didn't see any, like, usually there's a couple of standout costumes. I didn't see any of that. I, I, I had odds on which costumes would be popular. Like I thought anything related to the virus would probably come in first. Borat would probably come in second. I had a bunch of them. I didn't get a single one. They were all just very traditional cowboys or clowns. There was one killer clown that was kind of amusing. And that's about it. I didn't even look out the window. I mean, I kind of felt so guilty. <laughs> really? that, yeah, I just, you know, I put the sign up and I'll, I will put this sign up on our Facebook page, as I mentioned, because I am very proud of my craftiness. It's really yeah. a cute sign. So yeah. at least I put a little effort into it and I did buy candy um, just in case. But um, now I have some I didn't buy a lot. And now I have some Twix and Kit Kats for later use for me. Oh, well, that worked out perfectly. I'm sick you know, of candy. This is the first year, as you know, twice a year I go on this thing where I don't eat any sugar yeah. for, uh, you know, for 50 days. And I didn't do that this year because of the craziness of the year. I went, I'm going to take a year off from that. I'll baby. go back to it next year. You're a baby. No, I, I, I will. I'll go back to it next year. But um, so this was the first Halloween where I could have candy in nine years. And the candy that my one of my daughters picked out is from... What's the name of the place that sells like stuff from around the world? It's got a lot of wicker and candy. It's a it's a chain. Cost Do you know what plus? I'm talking about? Cost Plus. No, it's not Cost, cost plus. plus. World Wait, Market. Is cost Plus World Market. Yeah. Is that the same? Yeah. Yeah. Then that's it. All that's right. it. So she found a candy in there that are like they're kind of like Tootsie Rolls, but they're a it's a European version of Tootsie Rolls, and they've got them in a bunch of flavors and. Because I love grapefruit, they make a grapefruit, and Reese got that for me. But she got like an assortment bag to give out kids. It reminds me of there was a candy that I don't know if you guys had a German club in your school, but the German club always sold these candies called softies that came from Munich, and that they would raise money for you know for their their field trip and stuff like that with these candies. And I've not had that flavor for since high school, and now we found these, and I don't know what the name of them is, but boy, are they good. They're like they're like even better than Tootsie Roll Tootsie Rolls. Really? It's first of yeah. all, I find it shocking that you use the word softies and rays in the same sentence. That was confusing. Yeah, that was to hard me. to do, but I did. I pulled uh, that off. Great Thank job. You. Um, Thank you. I don't know any, and we did have a German club. Herr Wilkie was the um, Herr Wilkie was in charge of yours. Is that what they would say? Herr? Yeah, that means Mister, because our guy's name was Herr Brush. <laughs> Despite uh, not realizing I was German till I was about 35, um, I was not part of the um, the German club. I took French. Uh, were you in the French? Because ours had also had a French club and a, I think a Spanish club too. Yeah, I think they had all those clubs. But yeah, my um, and then at the end of the year, did they all go to war against each other? Because ours did. It was messy. <laughs> No, they our, in our school it was not messy. We just played the game of risk against one another. <laughs> um, Actually, you know what they did at my school is the the various clubs. You know, the German club, the French club, and the Spanish club then had a soccer tournament because that was like the most European thing they could think of to do. 
And that was a big deal at my school, was the annual uh, soccer tournament between the clubs. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. But yeah, my mom um, refused to tell us we were German. You know, my mom is all (laughs) Italian, so I knew I was half Italian. And then on my dad's side, Schneider derives from Schneider, which is uh, pretty German. Very and, German. And, I, and he, you know, my dad died when I was 10, so my mom just kept saying, yeah, your dad was Irish. He was Scotch-Irish. And I'm like, oh, but what about the name? Yeah, no, he wasn't. So, you know, finally my brother <laughs> did some digging around and checked our family tree, and uh, our name was originally Von Schneider. And, yes, in fact, uh, some German blood in me and I finally confronted my mom on the air uh, on the loop radio station when I worked with Tony Fitzpatrick and I said mom so uh, I guess I'm half German she's like you are not German I said no no really we you know Chris my brother did some geniality stuff and yes we are German why did you lie to me and and there's this long pause and my mom's like Hitler was not a great guy and then, wow, and then, what a diplomatic way of saying it. I know. Way. And then Tony Fitzpatrick goes, hey, Elaine, Mussolini wasn't so great either. Yes. And that kind of shut her up. And so I was like 35 years old, when maybe 32, when I found out I was a part German. <laughs> so maybe I should have been in Hare Wilkie's German club. <laughs> didn't the fact that your dad had a giant bowl of sauerkraut <laughs> on his bedstand, didn't that make you realize <laughs> You know what's weird, though, and I will say this, um, culturally, we never did anything German. You know what I mean? Um, My dad had some other, he was part Scotch-Irish and other things, but um, culture, I guess maybe my my paternal grandparents died at a very young age, so I wasn't really steeped in the Snyder family culture. So Mm -hmm. I got all my culture from the Italian side, so in my mind, I was all Italian because that's all we did. Right. You know, yeah. so that makes sense. I, we didn't have sauerkraut. It was not allowed in our house. <laughs> sauerkraut just sounds like an angry German, doesn't it? <laughs> that is not nice. <laughs> you know, in this day and age, Bill, we all have to be nice to one another. Yes, we do. Jeez. Starting now. <laughs> Starting right now, everyone must be nice to each other. Okay. Speaking of which, yes, if we can get, we can get yeah. back to politics for just a second. Okay, please do. Um, I'm sh- you saw the footage yesterday of places all over the country boarding themselves up as a precaution. And we're, we're taping this in the early afternoon and really don't know when you're listening to this, but this could already have taken effect. I'm hoping like crazy that we behave ourselves like responsible human beings, but there's no sign of that from what I'm seeing on the news. I am I am heartbroken. I am heartbroken seeing everything boarded up. Uh, the National Guard is at the ready in case there is some unrest going on after the results of the election this evening, if we even know the results, which it turns out now it, it seems like we may. Do you think so? I don't think so. I was just do, I was just hearing something on the news that um uh, God, let me. I don't want to screw this up. It's very common that we don't have the end results in by the end of election night. It's very common. It's just they do these projections, and it's mainly a, a projection of who's to win. Um, I don't know what's going to happen. I know with all the early voting, 
that ballots have been figured, they have been counted and are being counted right now. As for the mail-in ones, they have to be postmarked by today. And I I don't know if maybe the majority of the people voted where they'll be able to predict. I don't know. I don't know how this is going to go. I just yeah. know that I I don't want to leave my house. Honestly, I'm I'm sickened by this where you know, listen, I want somebody to win and there's someone else out there that wants the other person to win. Whatever happens, there's nothing I can do to change it. I'm going to accept it and I just want us to come together and end this crap that's going on between one another. Yeah. There's nothing we personally can do other than get out there and vote. And once we vote, as long as things are legitimate legitimate in the way that they count the votes, then you know what? What else can we do? Yeah. Right. And we all but have it- – we all have what? We all have different views, and we're always going to have different views. I'm hoping for one outcome more than anything in the world. But if it doesn't happen, you know, what am I, what am I to do, Bill? You know, I'm starting to think we, we've always looked at the differences. And I, we, we brought this up a little bit last week on the podcast that there, there, we all have differences. We're, for, we're from different places. We look different. We act different. We smell different. We walk different. We talk different. And I think that realistically celebrating those differences instead of condemning somebody because of those differences is the way to go. But that said, the major differences between people have always been looked upon as either sexual or environmental or cultural, when in reality, look at how strange it is that you can live next door to somebody. And I'm, I'm not saying who in this scenario is right and who's wrong, but look at how you can seemingly have so much in common with somebody and yet the fundamental difference of how the country is being run and by whom can be so dramatically different. I don't think that was ever as apparent as it's been in the last four years. You could always look at somebody and go, oh, they're, they're obviously different from me uh, in this respect or that respect. But now it's people that you would think on paper, you go, we, we, we grew up the same. We live right, right next door to each other. We've got the same systems in place for most of our lives. And yet one of us is so so on this side of the fence, and one of us is so on that side of the fence. But it comes down to, I had um, a family friend that was uh, over in the yard this weekend, and I was talking to him, and he said who he was voting for, and it was different from my opinion. So I said, Jim, get him out of the house. And I said, <laughs> and I laughed and he laughed and I said, I'm only kidding, but please talk to me here. Let's not argue. Give me the reason why you are voting for this person. Mm-hmm. And um, there wasn't a lot of um, factual information. There was a lot of stuff that I've heard before that m- may not be able to be proved mm-hmm. or proven. Um, it it was just kind of a weird thing. And, and I, there was no anger. There was no yelling. And I said, you know what, that, that, that's what makes this crazy world go round. We all are entitled to our own opinion. And I think the bottom line here is you vote in the way that it's going to help you the most. That's really the only thing you can do. And that, that made me kind of like realize, wow, look at two completely different sides here. But we could have a discussion and then continue watching the horrific Bears game together. 
Um, so, you know, you can get along. You just, you have to respect one another's opinion. That's the yeah. bottom line. Where is this respect? There's a guy on Facebook who I've never met in person, but anytime I po- I don't post that much on Facebook, but I don't think I've ever posted anything where he doesn't comment. And it's always very positive. And I can tell that we're like-minded in so many ways. And yet, like in the early days of me going, by this, this guy, no matter what I put, he he's always first one to respond. And he's always very potent. I went to his Facebook page and politically we're 180 degrees from each other. And I always want to, I don't know that I'll ever meet him, but if I ever do meet him in person, I would, I just want to say, how can you, how can you like me and so many, cause he's so complimentary to you and to the show. And, you know, there was congratulations on the TV show. And then they reran my episode of collector's call last Sunday. And he sent me a note about how I watched it last time. I watched it even more intently this time. And I always go, how can, how can he and I be so similar? But then when I read his page, it, it, it really, it's such a stark contrast to my belief, his beliefs and my beliefs are so different, but we're kind of the same. How can that be? Because, and this is what's, this is what's making me um, feel hopeful because um, I don't know, four years ago, I told you that too. All I got is hope. And yeah. and that's all I have again, because the fact that you do connect on so many levels, yet politically you are so far apart, just shows that we all have different feelings on things. And yeah. it's okay to do that. I just don't want to be called names or be told that I'm stupid because my political views are different from someone else. I, I can look stupid on my own a lot. <laughs> I don't need anybody to tell me I'm stupid. And there are things I am stupid about. But, you know, when you're talking about your feelings and how something can help you, you just have to you have to learn to go, oh, that's an interesting point. I see it differently. But right. whatever. Let's go get a, a Blatt's beer. You know, I, I don't know what else to do other than you just have to accept one another's differences. Wendy, hold on. I'm getting my beer bingo card. I said Meister Brow. Yeah, hold we on are a second. You said Blatz. All right. All right. I just need a rolling rock and I, I got a bingo. Yeah, but you know um, what? I'm disappointed in both of us because neither of us said red, white, and blue, which would have been yet. appropriate for today. <laughs> this morning, I saw a clip um, of one of the president's final you know, rally speeches. And he's got all these people there. And now keep in mind, as I'm saying this, I know a lot of people who differ from my beliefs will answer this. And sadly, because it's a podcast, we can't go to the phones and get your ideas on this. I wish so badly we could. But the gist of the speech today is uh, Donald Trump was saying to the throngs of supporters, I promised you four years ago that you would be safe. Do you feel safe? And everybody applauded and cheered and agreed. And he said, and I promised you that you would be proud. Are we proud? And everybody chanted and hooted and hollered and stuff like that. And I promised you that America would be great again. And is it great again? And they all agreed and they all applauded and stuff. And I thought to myself, boy, I, I don't know how with everything going on right now, anyone can really feel uh, safe and everyone can really feel proud and everyone can believe that we're great again because I like to consider myself optimistic about a lot of things, but I'm not feeling a whole lot of pride and I don't feel safe and I don't think America is great again. And yet I watched him say this with hundreds of people all in full agreement. So 
what are they seeing that I'm not seeing? All right. I'm going to tell you something. Uh, uh, I know a lot of people didn't like Barack Obama. I'll tell you right now, I loved Barack Obama. I loved him as a person. I felt safe where I could go to bed at night and not worry about our country um, falling apart overnight. Uh, He just sunk a three-pointer. I saw that. (laughs) I mean, the guy has got it going on. And uh, I know a lot of people said he was not tough enough. Um, I think our country was doing okay under Barack Obama. And um, I have mentioned this in numerous podcasts before. I I just wish that Donald Trump would have said, hey, you know what? Whether or not you agree with it, just wear a mask. It's it's really not that difficult, but wear a mask. It it you know, at least we can agree on that. And my son Michael said, you know, why why do people listen to the president? Michael's like, I have my own mind. I mean, I know to wear a mask cuz I think that's best for me and my family, but why would someone listen to the president anyway? And I said, because when Barack Obama was president, if he would have said, wear a mask, I would have listened to him because I trusted him. And I think some of the people, many of the supporters of Donald Trump, they trust him. So right. if he says, yeah, mask, whatever, that's who turned this political. And that's why people are not wearing masks, because I know you shouldn't put all your trust as my son Michael said, he's only the president. I mean, really, right. do your own research. And I said, yeah, but when it's someone that you trust, you believe in what they're saying. Like The Rock, you mean? <laughs> right. <laughs> if The Rock had said to wear one, then everybody wears one. But oh, And then like – I know what you mean. It's just – it's you look up to your president and we all have our president, um, someone that we feel comfortable with. And I feel that in the past I've trusted the president, not just Barack Obama, uh, Bill Clinton, yeah, George W., quite honestly. I, I did because I had faith that they were leading the country um, in a proper way where they were trying to take care of all of us. To an extent. Don't you think, though, that no matter who the president is, and I don't just mean as of you know the end of this election cycle, but it's been like this in the past and it'll be like this in the future. No matter who the president is, a third of the anywhere between a third and a half the country isn't going to like you. It's just, you're, it's like it's like a glorified version of being the Bears quarterback. Whoever's not the Bears <laughs> quarterback, whoever the guy is sitting on the bench, that's the guy everybody in the stadium wants to be the quarterback. It's like a bigger version of that. Yeah, but it's been like that all along, and we've been able to accept it. I think it's been like that in our lifetime, but I think if you went back earlier, and and maybe this is because the media wasn't what it is now, where you had to wait a day to find out the news. You didn't have the internet telling you every three minutes what the news is, and you didn't have TV telling you nonstop all 24 hours a day what the news is. But when you read about it in the paper the next day, and there was some time to digest it a little bit and not just act quickly the way we all do now. You know, if if something if, if the president can't walk uh, down a ramp now, it's in the news and you're 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 instantly forced to make a decision on what exactly you're watching. You know, when there used to be a little bit more time to digest the story, both from the writing aspect and from the reading aspect. 
Yeah, but can I tell you, I don't care about crap like that. I just don't. Um, I know that um, Joe Biden makes some gaffes sometimes when he's speaking. Um, yeah. You know, he. and again, this is something I saw on social media, you know, where he thought he was running for the Senate as opposed to the presidency. But, you know, Donald Trump called Little Pump Little Pimp. And I, I mean, really, <laughs> honest to God, who cares? Everybody screws up when they say something. Right. I mean, really. I so I don't care that um, Donald Trump couldn't walk down the ramp or I that that's such trivial crap that I just sure. don't care. I know. I know. But I know. people do, you know, and it's like, oh, look at this. And it's like, really, you're going to criticize them for that? Find some other stuff, you know, and same Did with you. Oh, go on. No, and same with same Joe way. Biden. If you're not, you know, into something he's doing, don't criticize him because he had a slip of the tongue. Criticize right. him because you don't believe with what he's thinking. I don't know. So do you think the idea of us being unified once again? Now, I we've always been in some level of unification, but there's always been pitfalls around that. But I, I remember back to how, and we, you and I have discussed this before, how after 9-11, even though we all felt the same, that we had been sucker punched, that we weren't looking and somebody came and just jabbed us in the stomach, the, the nation came together like you never saw before. We, we all kind of bonded together for a, a couple of minutes there. What has to happen for that to ever happen again? I hope it's not something as cataclysmic as planes flying into buildings. But when does America start realizing we're better working together than against each other? I don't have the answer to that. I like to think if Joe Biden won the election, he would put some of this hatred behind him. But I'm also concerned if he does win the election, um, a lot of Trump fans, because Donald Trump said it, um, they're not going to accept the results very well. And Donald said, if, you know, this, early this morning, somebody questioned him, I believe, on Fox and Friends and said, you know, if you are victorious, when are you going to claim victory? And Donald Trump said, when we're when when we're victorious. So yeah. it sounds like, you know, that's going to happen. But then it was like, if he doesn't win, he's got his lawyers on things right away. That is just um, it's just ruining our country because it's like. Listen, no one likes to lose, okay? But there's always a winner and a loser, and at some point you just got to go, oh, well, it wasn't meant to be, and right. you move on. It doesn't mean if you lose that it, there was a scam. Right. I, I just— I, You could also make the argument, since he does really enjoy winning so much, and I get that. I do, too. I'm very competitive, too. Yeah. I totally get that. But you could say to yourself, even in losing— you know what? For four years, I was the most important guy on the planet. I was the president of the United States. Very few people have that on their resume. It's not a bad thing, you know, and just go, OK, I didn't win it this time. But I was the I there's pictures of me sitting in the Oval Office. I was the president for four years. Uh, you know, that would be one way to look at it. I don't know that that's necessarily the way he'll look at it, but you could. Yeah, but I mean, that would be. I. <sighs> It's hard to lose when you think you're winning. And I just know last year the polls went one way and then the results came another way. I am going to tell you this, though. Um, we're the only country that has this electoral college thing. Yeah, I know. And I it, typically... Um, 
it went the same way. The popular vote matched the Electoral College vote. Um, then ask Al Gore about that and Hillary Clinton. And if it happens again, I just really feel there has to be a better way because it's like it's just not right and not fair. It just kind of like why would anybody- what other contest could you come in second and be declared the winner? I that, know. That, that there's and this is an important contest. The presidency of the United States is a fairly important contest. But I can't think of another example. If you're if you're involved in any contest of any kind, either sports wise, any any wise, if you come in second, you don't win. You came in you came in second. And and if if this happens again, you know, whoever wins, I just want the electoral college to match the popular vote, and then I'll I'll just go. Oh well, you know what? I voted. Whatever. I mean, there's yeah. nothing else. It's out of my control. But if it, again, is so skewed where the popular vote, you know, Hillary won the popular vote by, what, over three million votes? That's, yeah. That seems um, considerable. I mean, I, I know our country's big, but it just seems like if this particular thing happens again, there's something very flawed with this system. And, and seriously, all I'm going to say is why bother voting then? In the future. Uh, yeah. I mean, you, you hate to think of it that way. Um, I still remember when Donald Trump first won the Electoral College, uh, they said to him, what about the abolishment of the Electoral College? And he said, well, if you look at it, it really tends to favor Democrats more than Republicans. And then I thought to myself, yeah, but two of the last three elections <laughs> will prove you wrong on that yeah. because – it was the Republicans who won the presidency, but not the popular vote. So I don't know where you're getting your information, but that's exactly the opposite of the truth. And you know what, Bill? That's all I want. I want a fair election and I want the truth. That's it. And then you know yeah. what? I walk away and I'm I'm not moving. I'm going to have to deal with what's going on. Um, yeah. You know, uh Record Springsteen number. and you aren't looking for apartments somewhere in Toronto. <laughs> Baby, we were born to run. He put the name Wendy in there for some reason. <laughs> Strap your hands across his engines. Yeah. Oh, yeah, baby. Um, <laughs> I just, you know, I just want people to accept other people's differences. That's it. That's yeah. all I want. Yep. Um, you don't watch John Oliver on HBO, do you? Uh, my son, Michael, has now made me an addict. So, yes, I watch it regularly now. All right. Last week on, on Sunday's episode, it was by far not their funniest episode, but it was by far their most thought provoking episode as they chronicled what's been going on in the last four years. And he had an aside where he talked about this was his first time as an American citizen where he was able to vote. And he talked about how emotional that was. And if you watch John Oliver, he does a really good job of balancing funny and and thought-provoking satire but it's not satire it's it's what's really going on it's like it's like a more clever version of 60 minutes you know it's like a hipper version of 60 minutes but that said he was so lost in the moment of going in and voting and he was like he had like tears in his eyes that what what was he, he was what he was experiencing at that moment and i thought to myself I think that's something that maybe we take for granted a little bit. If you were born in the United States, you kind of grew up as expecting that's going to happen. You watched your grandparents and your parents vote, and then someday you'll be old enough and you'll go in there. And then when you do, you go, oh, I, I have a say in all of this. 
But it was just interesting to see a guy of his stature talk about how emotional that was to finally have the ability to do that. Yeah, um, he was also on with Stephen Colbert, and I watched him on that. I've become Last like a, a huge John Oliver fan. I told you before, I like geeky guys who are funny. But there was something else I said about him. I can't remember what it was. Um, I, I can't remember, but he's so smart. And it's um, when he was on with Stephen Colbert last night, he said that same thing. It's just, you know, he got up there to vote and he wasn't really feeling anything until he actually um, saw that his ballot was accepted. And then yeah. he was like, he, he was overwhelmed. Yeah. And that's yep. that's how it should be. Um, I just want I listen. I know that everybody says this, and I'm not trying to be funny, but I just want everybody to get along. You know that I don't like when someone's mad at me, and mm-hmm. I will apologize fifty thousand times over just to have you not be mad at me. I mm-hmm. I just want people to be able to be respectful of one another's views. That's it. That's all I want. Okay, that leads me to a question that I was going to ask you later on in this, but I will ask you now because it sets it up perfectly. Um, more than likely, the results will not be known tonight. There's a chance, but more than likely, they won't be known tonight. Not with all the, you know, the absentee ballots, the write-in ballots, every, with everything going on. More than likely, not tonight. But the 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 possibility of some kind of brushback pitch from either side does remain either today or when the decision is announced. Let's say it's announced tomorrow or the next day or the next day, whenever, whichever side's guy didn't get in is going to be a little bit inflamed. And as we've seen from the footage of people boarding up their houses and buildings, who knows what can happen? Don't you think it would be such an important move for whoever side doesn't win for either Biden or Trump to come out and say, okay, we didn't win or it appears we didn't win or we're still looking into it, whatever. But I need you guys to behave yourselves. I need you guys to behave like adults and just take this all in and understand what this moment is and not go crazy and not loot and not burn things down. Don't you think that would be the way to play it? Yes. And I really feel that Joe Biden would have no problem saying that. Um, I, you know, I just everything I've seen from Donald Trump I don't see him saying that because he's in the past has proven to be a sore loser. Yeah. yeah. I I hope I'm wrong. Um yeah, wouldn't that be nice? I'm 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 hoping the same. And another know? and another thing that I want to say out there, um with Donald Trump, you know, there's been a clip going around where he's COVID, COVID, COVID. I know it was at a rally, whatever, but he knew it was going to be televised and people were going to get wind of it. And he was like, everything, you know, let's talk about something else. Why is everything COVID? Um, I, he, he then goes on to say that, you know, on November 4th, you'll see COVID will go away. You know what? I wish that's the case. <laughs> I really do. But just to to finalize that, tomorrow's November 4th. If anyone anyone wants to bet me, you pick the denomination. You want to bet ten dollars, you want to bet fifty, a hundred. You don't think anyone's gonna mention the COVID virus tomorrow or the next day or the next day or the no, next no, no. day? I'll take that bet. No, he meant that it would you 
it'll go away on November 4th because it's been used as a political ploy as he's insinuated it's a hoax. That's what I'm saying. No, people will still be talking about it. But he said, you know, you wait. This thing will all be gone on November 4th. I wish to God COVID went away. COVID- so the virus itself, not even the mentioning yeah, of it, but the yeah. virus itself will go away tomorrow. Yeah, he all said right. that. Let's, I'm, again, I will take that action. <laughs> I mean, Lay you the odds any way you want them. But, but... All I'm saying is, yeah, wouldn't that be great? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that would be sure would. outstanding, but that's not a reality. How do you not? I And to his point, here's the one time where I'll say I agree with him. That's true. When you turn on the TV or the radio or look through a, a website or a magazine or a newspaper, that's getting the gist of the attention. But how could it not? It affects everything right now. And numbers are going up, Bill. Yeah, I know. It, we were warned of this. We were warned that, you know, the cold weather um, would exacerbate cases. Um, hospitals yeah. are getting flooded again. And, um, you know, I, I'm not I have some friends who aren't really um, they're not really real. <laughs> well, I do have imaginary like, friends. Yeah. Leah yeah. Branchmeadow and Oreo Legas. Yeah, I know. Yeah. You make How me are say they that doing? all the time. Are they okay? Actually, they voted? They're they're at odds. They're both on different <laughs> sides of the political spectrum. So they've been fighting. A lot of uh infighting about uh, amongst my imaginary friends. Um, <laughs> um I saw a kid wearing a Team Lika sweatshirt for Halloween and I thought of you. <laughs> Well, I, I saw someone wearing a vote for Leah Branschmidow. Yeah, that was popular. Yes. Um, so, yes, not my imaginary friends, but I do have some friends that um, are not that concerned about COVID. They're just not. And they have older parents, um, but they're just, you know, they've been going out to some restaurants. They've been traveling. And, and I don't criticize them. I, I swear to you, I don't. I just, that's not comfortable for me. And yeah. sometimes I'll hear, you know, you can't keep living in fear. I'm not living in fear at all. It's just yeah. really um, no skin off my back to put a mask on when I go to the grocery store. Um, it's not bothering me to not eat in a restaurant because I haven't been comfortable doing that anyway. I'm, I'm feeling very sorry for the small businesses that are, you know, closed. Their dining rooms are closed again. You know what? I'm utilizing the carryouts. Um, I'm trying to keep local businesses afloat as best I can and sure. can afford. Yeah. But it's I, I'm I'm willing to play by the rules. I really yeah. am. Yeah. All right. Here's another, this is another political question, Wendy, and then, um, I'll sing a song. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's say again, this is in the world, a hypothetical world. Let's say, even though all the polls have said that it appears to be a 9%, 10% or 11% victory for Joe Biden, this is prior to the election. That's what they're all saying. Let's say Donald Trump wins again. Wouldn't that say to most people that whoever's in the polling business has absolutely no idea what they're doing? Because twice in a row, they weren't just off. They were off by a huge margin. And I would just I would I would have extreme difficulty in ever trusting a poll of any kind ever again if they called this one wrong twice in a row. I don't always 
believe in polls. I believe in reality when it happens. I don't necessarily believe in movie reviews. Sorry, Roger Ebert and Gene Siskel. I read you after I saw... Wait, Wendy, I hear spinning. What is that spinning noise? Hold on. It's both of them. Coming from the cemetery. (laughs) Going in different ways. It's like gears. Um, I I did not read movie, and to this day, uh, I don't read movie reviews until I've already seen the movie. Because I don't... I don't want to hear what someone else thinks that I'm going to think. I don't sure. care. And and with polls, um, I didn't really trust the polls last year because I know there were a lot of people that voted for Donald Trump that perhaps didn't want to admit that they were. Yeah. And I certainly I don't I don't take any credence in any poll that's going on right now. I really don't. I am not yeah. going to be able to sleep tight until everything's over with and then it's like oh that white guy is our president that old white guy okay whatever <laughs> I, there's nothing i can do i voted there's nothing else i can do except respect other people's differences the other day yeah right you had your you had your one singular say um the other day over on msnbc they were talking about texas they were talking about how texas has been a red state for decades, but there's a chance this time that it'll be a blue state. And they said, what you're seeing a lot in Texas now is people who live in neighborhoods that are big Trump supporting neighborhoods, signs for Trump, American flags for Trump. It's, it's all over the place and they don't feel that way. So they're going to say in a poll, yeah, I'm, I'm a Trump guy. I'm, I'm voting for Trump. And then when they get in, they'll vote for Biden. And I thought, is anyone else seeing the irony of this? Four years ago, you were hearing the exact same story the other way around. The people were going, oh, yeah, Trump, uh, no way. I'm voting for Hillary all the way. And then when they got in the booth, they voted for Trump. So isn't that like there's a panel of people and I'm, I'm yelling at the TV. Hey, guys, make the comparison between four years ago and today. Trust me, it'll work. Nobody did. Yeah, that's interesting. That is a astute don't observation. Think, don't you think that probably goes on to some extent – regardless of whose side you're on or not on, and no matter where in the country you live, there's going to be a little bit of posturing saying, oh, yeah, you guys all like him. I like him, too. I don't like that guy. You know, just to quiet aside to yourself, just to save face with those people around you. You know what? I don't even talk politics anymore. I mean, I didn't bring it up with this friend that was over this weekend. It just kind of came up. And um, I didn't bring it up, by the way. And um, I just... I have um, friends that are of different uh, political persuasion than I am, although I feel like there are three things going on right now. There are Democrats, there are Republicans, and there are Trump fans. Oh, interesting. That's what I'm thinking, because... you know, I I have a lot of Republican friends. Uh, some of them are are they're voting for Trump and they're fans of his. I have some Republican friends that um, are very proud to be a Republican, but there's no way they can vote for Donald Trump. Sure. So that's how I'm seeing it: Republican, Democrat, and and Trump fans. You know how close I am with Scott Baio, right? <laughs> As close as I am to Bobby Orr. <laughs> yeah, about as close as you, right. And Scott, you know, he comes over, usually comes over on Mondays and we play foosball. He has not been by in a, almost a month now because it just gets too heated. All right, so let me ask you about that. Um, a lot of celebrities 
um, have come out in support of each candidate. Um, typically, most uh, Hollywood celebrities are for Biden. Typically. By a wide margin. Yeah. But there are some that want to say it loud, say it proud and say, no, I am. Dennis Quaid is one of them. I am all for Trump. Scott Baio, as you mentioned, there's some other people. Christy, uh, uh, not Christy Brinkley. Um, What's her name from Cheers? I can't think of her name. Oh, Kirstie Alley. Kirstie Alley. Yeah. Yes. And Brett Favre and Brett Favre. um, Yeah. Ted Nugent. Yeah. Um, Kelsey Grammer. Yes. that Yes. But yeah. for some reason, I'm OK. <laughs> I guess I don't care about who says it, but it just seems that celebrities, for the most part, are pretty liberal and Democratic. So yeah. you get your few and that's fine. Roseanne is a Trump fan, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. But when the sport people come and when the athletes come forward, that I don't know, that's that seemed weird to me because. I feel like if you're an athlete, you're trying to appeal to as many people as you can. Yeah. So it seems weird that they would come forward and say, here's, I guess it doesn't really matter. What's the difference between a celebrity, a musician, or a sports figure? Right. Well, every one of them, like, if you're declaring your loyalty to one candidate or the other, you're essentially angering part of your base, you know, whoever your whoever yeah. your fan base is, if you come out straightforward and say, I'm a Trump guy all the way, or I'm a Biden guy all the way, probably half of your fans are going to go, oh, well, th- then we're parting ways. I can't deal with you anymore. You know, you run that risk. Yeah. And, you know, I, I mentioned this before. I voted early. Uh, the Brookfield Village Hall did a great job. It was socially distanced. You got in, you got out. There were maybe 20 people in line. I did it early. Wendy, didn't you vote at the Brookfield Zoo? <laughs> yes, I voted for Olga the Walrus. She was and the, the right in. <laughs> <laughs> a good cho- I think you'll find in years to come that was a wise choice. Yes. I think you did the right thing. Um <laughs> But I, you know, I grew up in Brookfield. I'm uh, their favorite daughter, self-proclaimed. I know, I know, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. But they did a great job. And and I put something on my personal Facebook page, not our Bill Leff and Wendy Snyder. I know they're somewhat the same because I'm the same person on both those pages. But on my personal page, I just, you know what? I wanted to put who I voted for. And Jimmy yeah. Mack is like, do you think that's a good idea? And I said, well, you know what? Not necessarily, but... If everybody else is doing it, why can't I do it? Right. And yeah, there was there were some ugly arguments and um, because of your comment. Yeah, because of who I voted for, and it's like all I want to say to people out there is there are people that I am Facebook friends with, there are people that I'm real friends with on Facebook, and there are people that I've just known for a long time. If they mm-hmm. put something that I don't agree with, I just don't like it. I don't comment on it. I let them have their little playground, their sandbox to do whatever sure. they want. But that I don't I don't know why people just have to pee in your pool. <laughs> I just don't. Figuratively or literally? Which do you mean? <laughs> Figuratively. I know, you, I know you put your Mr. Turtle pool up uh, this weekend. <laughs> I saw the pictures of it. <laughs> Figuratively. Uh, I mean, seriously, just, you know what, if you don't agree with me, you know, uh, again, I have family members, we don't see eye to eye, I comment on their 
cute pictures or things that uh, appeal to me. And if it does, mm-hmm. it's it's goes back to the if you don't have something nice to say, don't say it. If they put something that I don't agree with politically, I don't even bother posting anything or, you know, oh, isn't there an unlike button? I just stay off of it. Now, the sentence that you just said, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything. I remember as a kid being told that by one of my parents or both of my parents or sometimes somebody else's parent would just walk up and say (laughs) that to me and walk away. But I don't think that that's a, a phrase that parents are still teaching their kids because we live in a world where that's not necessarily the means anymore, you know, so maybe that maybe somebody needs to reinvent that phrase and reissue it, you know, because it makes perfect sense. You know, you just reminded me of something that I would like to mention for anyone listening to our podcast. You know, being a parent uh, of two boys, I spent a lot of my life hoping that neither of those boys would embarrass me. You know, yeah. um, it it helps that I'm, you know, on the radio, not currently, but hopefully someday again. But, mm-hmm. you know, being in, in the public local spotlight, I, I really was hoping my boys would not do something um, publicly or social media <laughs> to embarrass me. But now mm-hmm. things have turned around and there are a lot of parents out there that are embarrassing their kids. And I have made the switch now where I don't want to put anything that's going to embarrass my kids. And I wish some other parents would think before they post. <laughs> I mean this from the Can bottom of my heart. Did you see something? What happened? Well, I just I just see just how, general? how rabid people become about yeah. their political views. And all I know is I, I try to take the high road and not to call anybody an idiot. Um, yeah. And because I don't want to... I, I want my kids to still be proud of me. I don't want them to go, oh, my God, Dylan, yeah. Michael, oh, my God, mom has turned into a Karen. I don't want that to be. So just, I don't know, don't embarrass your kids. We worried about them embarrassing us, but now we're the ones embarrassing them. Don't do it. <laughs> I'm behind you 100%. <laughs> I am. I am. Again, I'm so stressed because of the damn Maury show and now the election <laughs> and now people are just, you know, peeing in everybody else's pool. Stop it. <laughs> I always think with the lineup of most television stations in the middle of the day, you know, if you're watching TV in the middle of the day, sadly, you know, for years it, it meant that you were probably out of work, but now it also means that because of the virus, you're, you're forced in, you can't go anywhere. So you get stuck watching stuff like Springer and Maury and those shows. And really they're built on just hatred and venom and it's horrible. But if you, if you, if you watch enough of those shows during the day, you're going to turn into that. It's impossible not to. I am not kidding. When I tell you this, I I don't ever watch Maury. I do watch channel nine news. So it was (laughs) on channel nine and I was waiting for us to to start, and it just kind of came on. So it was on in the background when I was doing some candy crushing, and I, it caught my attention. I literally had so much anxiety sure. th- while I was watching that. Like, th- these people are at their worst, and they're crying, and they're g- accusing each other of sleeping with someone else. And it's like, why do you agree to do that? Just please, it's it's breaking my heart that you guys are so miserable. 
I can't figure out, and I know I've mentioned this before, but as much as I love my wife, and I do, there is nobody on the planet I respect more than my wife, that I love more than my wife. She, I, I couldn't do better under any circumstances that, I, that I've done. And yet she watches the Real Housewife shows, and I can't figure out how it doesn't affect her. Because it's just women screaming at each other, calling each other names, swiping at each other, trying to scratch each other, trying to bite or kick each other. And she watches it very calmly. And then it's over and she'll either watch another one or do something else. And I always go, how does that not affect you? You know, you cannot make fun of me ever again for watching Big Brother because seriously, <laughs> that is way higher quality than the stupid housewives. I'm sorry. You and I, actually my life has been so empty since Big Brother ended. Now I, I guess I've been looking forward to this month long election results because I got nothing else to watch now that Big Brother's over. You have no the right. best thing is with all these housewives shows, as soon as they're over Andy Cohen sits down with four or five of them and they continue to say bad things about each other and hate each other. And I just go, wait, we just saw this. And now they're talking about it and getting madder at each other. How does that work? You have no right to criticize me ever again about Big Brother. (laughs) Really? I mean that. You can tell Terry that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There's one more thing that I, I would love to discuss with you. We don't have that much time, but this certainly bears some mentioning uh, at the age of 90, Sean Connery passed away yes. over the weekend. Uh, your thoughts, please, on, on, on Sean Connery. We've talked about this a lot. Uh, I, I, he was my favorite James Bond. Yeah. Yep. And just a plethora of work. And boy, he was a hottie. Did you see him in the bathing suit in some of those pictures where he was like Mr. Universe or something of Scotland? Yeah. Whew. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I share your your thoughts on him being the quintessential Bond. I know there have been five or six guys that have played Bond, but if somebody said, quick, close your eyes and think of James Bond, it's Sean Connery who I'm thinking of. I, I do have to say Daniel Craig is now my second Bond, you know, which I never thought would happen. I was very against that. Same with and Jimmy he, Mack, although Roger Moore's in there too. Roger Moore was pretty smooth over everything. It, it, uh, yeah, in a different – I mean – that version of Bond, although still cool, had more of kind of a comedic flair, certainly than the Craig ver- uh, the I'm sorry, uh, the uh, Daniel Craig version. Um, but the, the guy who just fit the suit perfectly was Sean Connery. And I do have to say this for him. And I, I read up so much about him in the last couple of days, and nobody really mentions this. He took on a role that when he took it, he didn't understand that it would be the franchise that it became. You know, he he got cast in it and he did it, and they were going one movie at a time because it was the beginning of the franchise. But what you saw with other actors and actresses over years, both on television and the movies, is they would sometimes play a role like that and they would get typecast, you know, like Adam West did as Batman. You know, there's a long list of guys who played a role, Christopher Reeve as Superman. Um Sean Connery continued to work very, very steadily and do exceptional work outside of Bond. Bond was a very separate entity, and he pulled them both off fantastically, not yeah. even close. He was just – he was so good as Bond, and then he'd show up another movie that was not a Bond movie, and he was really good in that too. He's so good in The Untouchables. It's frightening. Um, yeah, I just – that was a hard bullet to take, I say, in a Bond way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was sad to hear that. Just such a classy yeah. guy all the way around. Um, I also, I want to mention this and I know anybody listening will go, 
don't ruin somebody's obituary by bringing this up. But part of the storyline of Sean Connery was that he sadly had a few instances of domestic abuse. And because of that, I always have a hard time with him because I love his film work so much. And I know it was a long time ago. I understand that. And I know he eventually owned up to it. Uh, but it was still hard to enjoy him the way I wanted to enjoy him, knowing that that was in the background. Yeah, I don't know why I'm able to separate the artist from their personal lives. I don't know why I'm able to do it, but I am. Depend- yeah. Depending on who it is. You know, I think we almost all, to some extent, pick and choose. You know, for a long time, I, I'll, I'll use Woody Allen as an example. I wasn't on his side or against him, but I enjoyed his movies. And then it just came to where I had a hard time even enjoying the movies, knowing that there could be some things going on behind the scenes that were as ugly as he was accused of. And I, I know true Woody Allen fans go, he was accused of, he denies them. There's no proof and stuff like this. I'm torn on that one, you know? Yeah. And luckily, uh, or unfortunately I was not a, I'm not a really big Woody Allen fan. So, uh, that didn't, I didn't give up movies cause I, you know, I saw a couple of them. Annie Hall was good. Um, yeah. just not a big Woody Allen fan. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what, was there a role other than the James Bond movies for Sean Connery that you just go, Oh, perfect. Well, just kind of his well-known ones, the, um, Indiana Jones. Yeah. Um, where he was his father. Mm-hmm. An episode of South Park. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, was he in an episode of South Park? Yeah. I, uh, I don't know that I have any that stand out that I'm remembering right now. What are yours? Did you ever see, well, the, the, the untouchables is by far my oh, favorite yeah. of his roles. Yeah, yeah. Um, he also played, uh, Robin hood in, what was it called? Robin and Marion. Is that what it was called? Um, with Audrey Hepburn, uh, an older Robin hood, obviously, uh, he's in time bandits. He's really good in that. Uh, oh. the first outlander movie he's in, and he's really good in that. Um, he was just a, you know, you got what you got what you were hoping for with him. He just he would always do what he needed to do. Uh, and then we should also mention that Daryl Hammond's impression of him on Celebrity Jeopardy on Saturday Night Live is one of the funniest things they've ever done. You mean the rapist for five hundred dollars? <laughs> That's therapist. <laughs> I can't figure out in the writing process of it why they made him so venomous towards Alex Trebek's mother, but it's yeah. such a masterstroke of comedy. Yeah, it was a really great job. There's no, there's no basis in reality for him to have just, just beaten her down the way he did on that, sh- on that, those episodes. But for some reason, it just, it really paid off. And I want to mention that I like when things get kind of bizarre and quirky, except this past weekend when the Headless Horseman sketch was on. <laughs> um, I have to comment on something. Yeah. It. Um, this is Saturday Night Live for people who don't know. Yes, and if you haven't yeah. seen it, look for it on, on YouTube because it's up there. And it's just um, kind of like beating a dead horseman. Um, it yeah. just was, uh, I think it, you know, it was the same joke over and over and over and over again. And I just feel like um, it could have been really funny. <laughs> Most of the show, though, is their most solid show of the year so far. I don't really. I don't think so. You don't think so? 
No. Issa Rae, I think her show was better. I love John Mulaney so much. And I, I, his monologue was just, I I could just watch him talk like forever. He's hysterical. Yeah. He's so funny. And just, I want to jump in. I know they do all these musicals every time he's on, but you know, not being from New York and not, you know, Michael kind of had to explain to me that, you know, they have these knockoff characters in Times Square that they, I I didn't, I didn't feel a connection to that. You didn't get that? I, I got it, um, but the headless... Just didn't do it for you? Not really, and I just always expect the show with John Mulaney to be the best ever yeah. in the world. But again, it's... Bill, we have different views on things. Sure. I don't, I don't think you're a dummy. I just say, <laughs> you know what? Different folks have different strokes. It's just so odd because you are such a fan of Washington Irving humor for you to not enjoy the headless horseman bit surprises me. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Or Kyrie Irving. Who do you like? I can't remember, Wendy. It's hard to remember. All right. That's it for uh, today's episode, number 87. Collect them all. We'll come back tomorrow with more fun. Bye, Wendy. What will happen tonight? Oh, good question. Let's stay here until all the uh, precincts have reported in. All right. Everybody, every other news station is doing that. All right. Let me hunker down. Let me get a drink. Well, it's, All right. it's funny because this show, no, 80, 87, will be, you know, prior to the results. And probably tomorrow when we do the podcast, episode 88, we'll have some kind of idea. So uh, it'll oh, be really see. interesting. Maybe. Yeah. All right. We'll find out. That's it. Bye, everybody. Bye, Wendy. See you, Bill. See you, Bill.